I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, you know what it is. This is The Big Douglas Show. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Rapper Big Pooh is in the co-host chair. Big fella, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Another Monday morning. A cold one, but another one. And our special guest today is London Fletcher. London, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It is a, uh, the Pro Bowl was this weekend. Uh, either one of you gentlemen waste your time watching that thing? <laughs> no, I did not. I, I, I didn't watch it. My son, he was checking it out, but I did not watch it. I was, I was watching golf, <laughs> actually. You know, it's uh, from, the, from the, everything I was reading on social media, didn't seem like the game was too competitive. Uh, not a lot of physical tackles taking place out there. But, you know, I guess it was entertaining. And that's all you can ask ask for. I had I had seen comments um, maybe doing a runners-up game instead of the Pro Bowl. That would be – so this year it would have been uh, the Chiefs versus the 49ers for some split of a large pot. London, can you see players being interested in something like that? You know, anytime you, you throw a little bit of money in the in the uh, I guess equation, I guess you can get some interest. It's really about players just more taking more ownership of the game and saying, you know what, we need this to be more competitive. We need it to be not just like a touch football game and things like that, but just make it more competitive. And you know, somehow, some way, they have to fix that. Uh, London, what did you think of the skills uh, competitions that they had going? I believe it was the day before um, the Pro Bowl. Uh, what, what did you think of those? Man, I, I told you I didn't see. I didn't <laughs> watch any of it. I, I, I did see the, I guess the forty yard dash with uh, the Micah Parsons and and the cheetah Tyreek Hill and uh, Nick Chubb and who was the the fourth guy in that race? I can't remember who the uh, the fourth guy was in that race, but I saw that beyond the side, and that was more just seeing the highlights. Uh, I, I, I didn't watch it, man. I was uh just looking at other things. I think I was watching NBA basketball or something. Gotcha. Chris, hello. What's going on, fellas? Thanks, thanks for joining us, Chris. What time is uh what time does that one thirty start? Man, my bad, bro. I just got back in the crib, man. My bad. Man, I, I, I don't want. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm listen, sorry, place, man. I'm listen, gonna make it happen, baby. Listen, be a pro all the yes, time. One thirty means one twenty-five. You right? No, no. If you can't, if you can't be on time, be early. Yes, sir. I love it. Captain off the field, on the field. I told you, Fletch gets you right all the time. All the time. I love it. I love it. London said we were going to have to start finding you for being late. I know, right? <laughs> start finding him. London, let's talk a little bit about uh, the commanders. You guys were there uh, this weekend for the launch. Uh, how did you find that it went, and what do you think about the new name? I thought it went well. You know, it was it was tough when you're – as far as keeping it a secret when you have so many different components that were in place and different people, anytime you're tasked with multiple people knowing the, you know, a secret, it's going to be hard to keep it 
uh, under wraps for such a long period of time. And obviously, you know, it, it got out more uh, sooner than, than the announcement or before the team made the announcement. I'll tell you this, uh, the commanders, it was not my first name, first name choice. I will admit that um, I was a, I was a big Red Wolves fan, but I will say this, the, the more I kind of accepted the name, the, it's kind of grown on me. And I actually was, you know, kind of thinking back, you look at some of the names in the past and some of the other teams and, you know, whether it's the Cleveland Browns, I'm from Cleveland. I'm sure that wasn't a popular name when, <laughs> when Paul Brown named them the Browns or, or the New Orleans Pelicans. Think about, you know, years ago when they became the Pelicans, you're like, man, what is that? And there are several other names throughout history where you you look at, ah, I don't know how I feel about that name, but they're just normal to us. And as we get uh, more used to the commander's name, we'll, we'll start to embrace that. But at the end of the day, you want to be associated with being a winning organization, being a winning franchise, and can commanders want to be synonymous with winning. Uh, that's right. The, you win, and that quickly becomes a non-issue. Uh, it's interesting. The uh, they said the wolf. They tried for the wolves. Uh, what what else was on that list that that you thought might have might have worked? Uh, you know, tell you the truth, I didn't. It was Red Wolves, and I didn't pay attention to anything else. <laughs> I, I saw I saw a bunch of the names, but that was my first choice, and I didn't have a second choice after that. I I sat in on some of the, the Zoom calls and the kind of um, you know feedback from from former players and current players in terms of hey, what do you think about this name, this logo, this this deal, and it was Red Wolves or nothing for me <laughs> in terms of looking at and, and kind of approaching and I was on a call with the commanders as well. Um, again, it wasn't my, it wasn't my first choice, but I've embraced it since, since that, that uh, became the name. Chris, I know you were riding around with, with B Mitch that day. What, um, what was the fan reaction? Do you think to the name? Um, well, I don't know if it was the fact that we were giving out free stuff or not, but everybody <laughs> they loved commander stuff too. They loved it. Um, but if you looked at the reaction on Twitter, you'll be like, "Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever." But once we got out into the in, into the community and and people talked about it, you know, I, I think once we start winning, they'll love it more. Um, a lot of people brought up the fact that um, some people weren't so enthusiastic with the bullets, and then they changed it to the Wizards. And then once the Wizards became good again, everyone just drew to it. You know, they 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 started to like it. So. Once we really build the brand out and we go out there and we put a winning product on the field, I think uh, the fans will fall in love with it more and more. Did the Wizards get good again and I wasn't told about it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> but, no, I'm saying they haven't been great, but, you know, they've, they, they've gotten better. You know what I'm saying? They've they were, they were decent. They were decent. They just ran into that that monster from Cleveland. Yeah. LeBron yeah. James back, back in those years when, when Gilbert Reynas was playing for the Wizards and Antoine Jameson, they had some good teams. They just couldn't get Never. past my Cavaliers, man. And 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 I say my Cavaliers because you know right behind it, me, man. I go. I, I, I got. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a Cleveland guy, but I do like the Wizards. I cheer for them. <laughs> they got. Uh, Pooh, they're gonna be active at the deadline. The Wizards. Yeah, they they better be. They've they been playing be. good this year, though. And, and like I, I, I thought they started off really good. They was like number one in the East at the beginning of the season. I'm not sure where they've uh, fallen to now, but they look like they have a pretty solid team. Yeah, 
Oh, they went bad they, fast. <laughs> yeah, they're like but, 11 but in the East now. But Cleveland, on the other hand, is sitting up at the top and just made a trade yesterday. Right. So. Yeah. One thing about Cleveland, man, they I've been impressed with the way they play defense. That young team, uh, Bernie Bickerstaff uh, Jr., he's been he's done a great job with with that uh with that team. I mean, the way he's coaching coaching them, those guys, they get after you defensively. And man, to add uh Karis Levert, it's uh it should help the, the Cavs in the long run. I think they're only a game and a half out of first place in the East. Oh yeah, they're sitting right there. They right there. Bro, they we brought keep our- talking about the Cavaliers being good without King James, man. That just doesn't <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey man, it is. <laughs> It's, but I can see, you know, I, I can see change. Fun, back when his son get into the league and they both playing for Cleveland. I think that would be a dream come true for me in his career in Cleveland with his son. <laughs> this this Cleveland team feels like the early 90s with Brad Doherty and Larry Nance and and, and those guys running. Um, that's what it feels like to me, where it's not like a super mega star on the team, but they just play good ball. Mm-hmm. It must be nice for y'all folks to grow up in places with uh, – Pro sports teams, you know, us in Connecticut, we don't have no pro sports teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to go out rooting for the UConn Huskies women's basketball and men's basketball. That UConn <laughs> women's Husky is your pro team. That's it. <laughs> that is the pro team. <laughs> we almost had the Patriots, though. We almost right. had. Right. I met JB Bickerson. I called him man J- uh, Bernie Bickerson oh, Jr. JB Bickerson. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, they brought back a whole lot of folks for the relaunch. Were there were there any guys that were there that surprised you? Said, "Oh, hey, I hadn't expected to see you here." Or did y'all pretty much know who was going to be there? Man, I was I was super surprised. I haven't seen Alfred Morris in so long. Um, and then Rack, Rack, Rack I was gonna say Rack was there. Yeah, that one Rack, shocked me. Yeah, Rack hasn't been back to DC since he left. So mm. this was like it was really surprising when I saw him. But I, it, it was great seeing him. Jordan Reed, you know, um, it was so many guys that were there that I haven't seen in so long, and it was just really good to lay eyes on. I got to see Pierre again. A lot of guys that I even played with was there. So um, D.Y. was there. So we had some good times just reminiscing on old teams and talking about old coaches who are now uh, head coaches everywhere. So it, it was great conversation. It was great time to be around those guys who I haven't seen in a while. If if I have to see one more meme about all the uh, assistant coaches on this staff that are head coaches somewhere else, you know, really. yeah, uh, which is amazing we because those teams staff with like nine head coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's amazing when you when you think about just when uh, Mike McDaniel's being named the head coach of the Dolphins yesterday. I'll tell you what, uh, Mike Shanahan put together a heck of an offensive staff. He did. Look at all those guys who have ascended to become head coaches, and you know they were they were all young guys too at that point in time. And I remember there was a lot of backlash about those guys being younger, and, and a lot of them being kind of Kyle's friends or, or affiliated to Kyle. But man, multiple of the, multiple, uh, many of those guys have ascended to become head coaches in the uh, National Football League. Well, it it wasn't for the lack of offense on those teams, right? It was the defense, as I recall, that never quite came together. What what was that staff like, and what do you recall from from that side of the ball there? Well, the first couple of years, the the, deep, the offense was was kind of limited. I, you know, we you got to think we have we had 
quarterback issues. Or we went through several quarterbacks before yeah. RG three got here. Defensively, one of the big changes that that kind of hurt us is we went from a four three to a three four, and it's just a different mindset when you play in a four three to a three four. A lot, lot more attacking type of defense that we were with the four three, and we were top ten defense. Um, my first three years in Washington. Then you go to a three four, and it was more of a kind of a two gap thirty four defense, and you know it's all predicated on blitzing and getting pressure uh, from the outside linebackers and and Chris Baker, the nose tackle, keeping keeping guys off of me when he That's right. it. <laughs> and, and I got a story on that <laughs> when, when, he, when he's available to play. So it's it's just a different mentality. There's usually when you when you have an overhaul on on a defensive philosophy, when you go from a four three to a three four, there's a there's a time where you have to just get the type of personnel that fits the scheme that you want. So there was a there was definitely some question a time a time period of adjustments. But, ahead, but, as, far, uh, but as far as Chris and, and his job as a nose tackle, so Chris, <laughs> <laughs> Chris was. On the practice squad, I think for a year, year and a half, and he was doing he was doing great on the practice squad and causing a lot of havoc in practice. And you know, it's just a matter of time of when he was going to get elevated to the active roster. And so they finally elevate Chris to the active roster. I think it was I don't know maybe December, some point in time of the year. Patriots and, week was playing the Patriots. <laughs> so Chris sends me a text. It was like, "Hey man, I'm up." I ain't gonna let anybody touch you. You about to, you about to, uh, you know, make all these pet tackles. I ain't let nobody touch you. I'm like, oh shoot, I'm about to, I'm about to go off in these games. I'm about to eat. So <laughs> fast. Now this is a Monday. We get to practice on Wednesday. And we have a walkthrough. A walkthrough at at LA Fitness. Yep. Chris doesn't make it through warmups. <laughs> he blew out his quad. <laughs> I thought I was athletic, but I wanted to show everybody how athletic I was, man. man this guy blew out his quad in, war- in warm-ups. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me, man. What You you hurt yourself in walk-through? <laughs> Yo, that was the worst feeling ever. That was the worst feeling ever. I finally got my shot to play and tore my quad trying to warm up before practice. <laughs> but you got to tell them about... You know, you being from Connecticut and, and sending the text to your, your people's or Facebook Yeah, phones. man, so so I finally got activated. You know, everybody been waiting for me to get back on the active squad, so I sent out a message. We were getting ready to play the Patriots. So I said, y'all, y'all watch out for me on Sunday. I'm finally active. About to go out there and play the Patriots and beat the Patriots. I'm finally about to play for the Redskins, da 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 And the next day, tore my damn quad. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. thought my career was over, man. I thought it was over. Oh, that wow. offseason was great, man. I got a chance to really get myself in really good condition. And from that point forward, I pretty much played and became an impactful player for the team. London, if I did my research right, 39 sacks for you. You have one that stands out more than others? Ah, oh, man. That's the first time I've ever been asked that question. Um, not not offhand, not that I can think of. Yeah, I, I've never thought about. It. I, I wish I had one more so I could have got to forty. That's probably the only, <laughs> only thing that I can remember about my sacks is I wish I had one more. And it, it was funny that last game against the, the Giants. 
I started to blitz when I wasn't supposed to. I'm like, man, I'm I'm finished. I'm retired after this. I should just blitz. (laughs) I just couldn't. I couldn't do it though. (laughs) And and Swaggy 19 for you. You got to Do you have one that stands out? Um, one that stands out was uh, I think it was my hardest sack that I got. It was against uh the Giants. And I came free through the middle, and I crushed Eli Manning. I mean, I hit him hard. And I just remember when I hit him, and we was in New York, their whole stadium just had that sound. It was like, ooh! And it's like, it just sucked the air out of the stadium. And I don't think his career was right ever since that hit, because he was concussed after that. <laughs> and he still got to play. <laughs> London, yeah. London, I'm interested in um, – we always ask former players. We, we get – uh, Swaggy's opinion all the time on this, but what do you watching the defense last year? What do you think are some of the things that were missing from that particular iteration of the defensive team? Just watching early in that of the defense early in the season, one thing there was a lack of communication on the back end. It was a ton of explosive plays where you see guys just running wide open for a 30, 40, 50-yard touchdown passes. So there was a lack of communication on the back end of the defense. And then from a from a defensive front and our defensive line really being where the, where the talent is on that team, they didn't seem to be working in unison when it came to when it came to stopping the run and also rushing the passer. And and you know you could have five great individual talent talent players or four great individual talents, but if they're not working in unison, you can have a situation where you're not getting the sacks, you're not getting the pressure, you're not getting out on the field on, on third down. So, and then on and then linebackers as well, you know, I don't think they covered as well. So, just in every level, there was maybe a little bit of not working in unison, communication, and then also, quite frankly, guys not making plays when they when they were called upon to make plays. But as the season wore on, they had a stretch where the D line started to work it better in unison. The communication on the back end got a lot better, moving moving uh, Landon Collins from safety to closer to the box and playing that hybrid position. It seemed to help the defense as a whole. So those things tend to tended to uh, work out for the defense in the second half of the season. Hey, and then and, and just a quick question: Being that you played linebacker and you played early in career uh, with the first round draft pick that Washington has. Um, can you understand any reason why they wouldn't play their first round linebacker in a struggling defense? You know, just watching the, watching the games, and I watch all of them. I thought first and foremost, you have to go back to in his responsibilities in college. He was a, a outside linebacker, kind of in a more of a pass coverage linebacker in the SEC. We know how college football is now; right. a lot more pass oriented. So his responsibilities were totally different when he played in college at Kentucky, as opposed to he come to came to Washington and now they're moving him to the middle linebacker position. He's responsible for making the defensive calls, getting everybody lined up and also man in the middle linebacker. And that, that spot is totally different. There's you're, you're looking at the defense or the offense from a totally different angle. You have to be able to, to kind of see both guards and as opposed to being in a situation where you're looking at tackles and maybe a tight end. So it's just a different dynamic that, that he had. So there was the new position, new responsibilities, and 
teams are attacking you totally different than than he was used to in college. I thought later in the year he played a lot better. He was able to play more instinctive. And also, when you're unsure, you're going to play slow. So one of the things that he came into into the pros with was great speed and athleticism. But if you're kind of hesitant a little bit, you're not able to show showcase that. As he got more comfortable, he was able to showcase that and make plays down the stretch. He'll be a lot better next year with the, with another year under his belt, with another offseason under his belt. So those things will all all lead to him having a better season in the second year. Were you were you surprised, London, that the coach already had said that maybe he wasn't fit for middle linebacker and they're just going to play him outside? I was a little surprised that we were already making that kind of decision. You know, not being in the room, not being in the meeting meetings, and and knowing what what kind of scheme they're running, I, I can't speak to that. I know, you know, Coach Rivera, he played linebackers. He's coached some great ones in his in his past. Couple of you know, Erlackers going to the hall. It was already in our Hall of Fame. Coach Lance Briggs, Luke Keekley will be in the Hall of Fame. Thomas Davis had a great career, so he knows linebackers. And I don't. Again, I, I think they want to put him in the best position where they feel like he can excel most best at. If he's not suited for middle linebacker, do they need to take, like a lot of people are saying, the kid from Georgia, Nicobe Dean at 11, you think they need to draft middle linebacker or that's better suited bringing in a veteran? You know, I think in the first round, we we got to figure out our quarterback situation. First and foremost, uh, figure out the quarterback situation. And then, you know, whether you're able to get, if you're able to get a guy in free agency or via trade at that quarterback spot, then then you're not in a situation where you have to draft a quarterback at number 11. And I don't even know, you know, if there's a guy that you feel is worthy at number 11. After that, you look at your your, your team as a, as a whole and say, all right, what are our other needs? And, you know, linebacker seems to be a, still a need there. I'm not sure what other positions, you know, whether you're looking at a safety, a free safety, or whatever the case may be. So you from there you just draft when your needs and the and the player evaluation meet and you you uh you know you pick the player that you feel best suits those needs. It's it's Super Bowl week, dude. Uh, do you guys still go out to the Super Bowl? Do you enjoy going out for Super Bowl week? I, I've heard mixed reviews from players on whether it's actually a good time out at Super Bowl week. Uh, I know when I was younger, I went like every year. I haven't been in the last couple of years, um, but it was definitely a fun time, especially as a young player, um, being able to go to the NFL, hosted parties and being able to do uh, radio row. You, it's, a, it's a lot of networking that can be done if you really take advantage of it. Um, it's a lot of people that you will be around that you probably won't be able to see during the season that you could uh, build relationships with if that's what you choose to do. Um <clears throat> But now, you know, especially with Corona, um, you know, we still do events anyway, but I don't know how they're going to uh, do all of the events down in L.A. and everyone stay safe and away from Corona and stuff. But it will definitely be uh, uh, a great experience for a lot of guys. You can meet a lot of people, um, build relationships with a lot of people who you normally probably wouldn't see on a day-to-day basis. I haven't, I haven't gone to a Super Bowl where I wasn't working in, in quite a while. You know, it's I, I do broadcast for CBS Sports Network, and since I've retired, we've hosted, I think, three Super Bowls, and so we did one in San Francisco, Atlanta, and also uh, Tampa Bay. So I've gone, I've gone there, 
you know, because of work. But it's besides that, beyond that, once I once I retired, <laughs> I haven't gone to Super Bowl just as a as kind of you know networking or anything like that. Maybe my last one where I wasn't in a working capacity was the one in uh, New York, which is 2014 Super Bowl. So after that, ever since that time, it's more about hey, if I'm not working and and getting paid to go. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm interested in uh, what you guys think of the matchup for this year's Super Bowl, uh, Cincinnati versus uh, who they playing? I'm, I about forgot already. Uh, Cincinnati versus Rams. The, Rams. the Rams. Yeah, the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about that matchup? I like the matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in smoking Joe. You know, I really want to see the Bengals go out there and pull it off. But the Rams do have a phenomenal defense. You know, Matt Stafford is playing out of his mind. Um, and Odell Beckham, uh, uh, Cup, Coop, whatever his name is, uh, he, he's been balling like crazy. Uh, so it'll definitely be a hard task. But Cincinnati's been that underdog team that no matter what happens or who's supposed to beat them, they always figure out a way to come back, stick around, and find a way to win games. And in the playoffs and – and in the Super Bowl, you have to be able to uh, go through the fire and know that you can get out. And they've definitely been tested. And uh, hopefully they can pull it out. But it'll definitely be a great matchup. Yeah, I've been I've been high on Cincinnati all, well, I would say, should say, the second half of the season. I thought they had a chance to be the number one seed in the AFC just based on their record down the stretch and the way they were playing. Young football team, I love what Joe Burrow has been able to do, Chase Chase, uh, Jamar Chase has done done great in his rookie year. Really like Joe Mixon. When you look at the Rams, it starts with that defense and that front. And is Cincinnati going to be able to block those guys? When when you think about Cincinnati going against the Tennessee Titans, they gave up nine sacks. Now they played a lot better against the Chiefs, but it's you got to you got to deal with Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Von's playing phenomenal football. Leonard Floyd and you know that defensive front. Can they hold up against that pass rush of the Rams? If they can, they'll be able to take advantage of the Rams secondary because they're, you know, besides Jalen Ramsey, there will be opportunities to make plays in the passing game. I, I'm i going to give the answer to, to the Rams. You have to think about they're playing at home. They're playing in L.A. And the crowd is going to be partisan. Um, because when you look at the, the cost of those tickets and then not even adding the rooms and all that other stuff, it's an expensive ticket to go to the Super Bowl. So you figure – There'll be a lot more Rams fans in that stadium than there will Cincinnati Bengals. It's gonna be it's gonna be rich Rams um, Rams fans that don't really cheer. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you you got a point there. But regardless of the fact, there's still gonna be more more fans in there that are Rams right. than there will be Bengals. Right. London, I'm interested to know your thoughts on um something. Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle hadn't played all season. Effectively retired. <laughs> And came, was it the playoffs or was it the last game of the season? For the playoffs, yeah. Playoffs, for the playoffs. How hard is it to do something like Eric Weddle did? And he didn't just play like 10 snaps. He's been playing majority of the snaps on defense. Yeah. How tough is that? Man, that's extremely difficult to to do what he did to be out of football, what, like two years? I I don't know how many years he he was retired, but to come in and be thrown in a fire, and I know – the first time, the first game he played, I don't know if it was about 20 snaps or whatever the case may be, but the last couple of games, he play, he's played every snap. So that's extremely difficult. Uh, hats off to him, staying in shape, doing whatever he was doing to 
to be able to to play and 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 play well. Um, he led them in tackles their last ball game, so hats off to him. And his his uh his football IQ is tremendous because you have to, to be, in order to be able to play the safety position where you haven't like he didn't play in this system when he was last with the Rams. This is a totally new defense that that he's playing in when he was with the Rams last. So it's a uh, hats off to him. London, you you won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Do you still are you still with the franchise very much, or how does that how does that work? The, they still reach out. The last I haven't been able to go back to a game or anything like that, and I'm still connected with a lot of the guys that I play with on the team. And you know, a lot of those guys will be out at the at the game on on Sunday. But um, last time I went to a Rams game, they were still they were still in St. Louis, so I haven't been able to get back to a Rams game since they moved out to LA. Who, what is your go-to Super Bowl dish that should be taken to the Super Bowl party? My go-to dish any any uh, Sunday wings, <laughs> wings like uh, wings. Uh, a good drums or flats, uh, flats man, flats. I'm a flat guy, uh, and then a good dip, like you know, a good some type of dip, buffalo chicken dip, uh, multi cheese dip. Seven layer dip. It doesn't matter. I just a dip. Any a dip of it. And, it, and, it's, and it's the world's largest vegan. Uh, Chris can't eat none of that stuff you're talking about. So, Chris, what kind of stuff we taking? Uh, I would go with the Rasta pasta with shrimp. Jamaican inspired dish, man. It's really good. Made with coconut milk and jerk. Oh, okay, so you still on the seafood? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm not 100 vegan. You getting this pescatarian though? Hey. <laughs> I, I was with Chris last week. I don't think he was vegan on the day. Yo, yo, that's all we had, bro. I had a couple. Of oh, I was back, a cheating bro. vegan. Be, why you think <laughs> always trying to put me on the spot? Bro. <laughs> there was no. I was tired of eating salmon all night, so I had a few wings. Man, relax, bro. I'm about ninety percent vegan. I have, a, I, have a, I have a partner like that. We uh, at home. He's a vegan. But when we gotta go on the road, I done seen him eat oxtails. <laughs> Y'all ain't right, man. Y'all always try to put me on the spot, man. 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 It's easier to be vegan at home. It's, it's so much easier at home. <laughs> that boy, Chris. Hey, but they had they had options for Chris. He did. He chose not to be vegan. He made no, a concise. Got you all the way out there. I ordered two salmons. Tell, tell them, it's, it's tough when the wings on the table. It do. You know what I'm saying? Them, them, them buffalo wings were sitting there looking at the They were just calling me. Hey, they were smelling real good. His nose, you can see his nose like, like, just like flaring up. Like, man. Y'all ain't right. Who, real quick, since I won't see you before we do this, uh, go ahead and tell us who you got for the Super Bowl, too. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go Rams. I think the Rams are going to pull it out. Uh, I think they're going to have just enough offense to pull it out. And, and like London referred to earlier, I think that defensive line is going to give uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals a lot of problems on uh, on Sunday. A lot of problems. I'll, I'll take the Rams, too. I don't know how they can – I just don't know how they're going to keep Joe Burrow upright with that front four that they got because they're going to send them all the time. Uh, do you think it'll be it's a, the the spread is four? Anybody think that the game's going to be that close? I think it's going to be a close game, bro. Like, 
no matter how good the team has looking against Cincinnati, they found a way to either come back or keep it close. And they've been battle tested. So even though like everybody would say, hey, like the Rams are going to win because they have a better team on defense, maybe even a better team on offense, um, Cincinnati has been tested. They have been through the mud. You know, they, they, they've come down from down 17 and or won the game or just found a way to win. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You don't need the best offense, the best defense. You just need a team to figure out a way to win. And the Bengals have been doing a good job at that. And I love the underdog story, you know, being that I was an undrafted guy. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Love that. All right. Well, fellas, I will see y'all next week. And London can't uh, tell you how much we appreciate you hopping on the show today. Uh, not a problem, man. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Thank you. Swaggy. Be on right, time baby. next time. I'll be there. I'll be on time, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, London. <laughs> All right, guys. All, All right. right. Take care.